0: Putting away money for retirement, since I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever. Sorry, I guess I could, but retirement is huge for me. I am deeply focused on it right now. And planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Taxes are a doozy, and it's always changing. How do you know what to do? Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
1: You got problems that you
0: ought to be concerned with. You're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it you're a freak with a dark shameful secret but you're not the only one teach your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun now your healing has begun it's back with running with gabby done hey guys what another special bonus episode that's crazy how could you give us so much cool stuff because i'm great uh, hello, this is your host Gabby Dunn, and this is a live episode that I did of Bad with Money at A Camp, which stands for Autostraddle Camp. Uh, and autostraddle.com is an amazing website for mostly queer women, uh, queer and trans women. And so, A Camp is a really cool week where everyone goes to a camp in Wisconsin, and it's just like a really awesome camp for queer and trans women. I go every year. It's amazing I can't even really explain it it's just transformative Um, so this is a conversation that I had uh, during a camp we did a live show and it was so cool and everyone sang along to the theme song which made me so happy and we talked about running a small business and running a small business as queer women and advice on how to do both of those things Uh, So this is a conversation with Reese Bernard, who is the founder of Autostraddle, and then the two co-founders, Linnea Jones and Alex Vega. Uh, And so it really gets to the heart of being an independent business and how to start a business. It was great to do the show with a live audience, and you'll hear some audience questions, uh, which was really fun because we've never done that really on the show. I also want to let you guys know that today... I have a book out. It is called I Hate Everyone But You. I wrote it with my comedy partner, Allison Raskin, who you heard on this show. Uh, It's a YA novel, but it's also got, like, sexy stuff in it. And uh, it's, again, it's called I Hate Everyone But You. It's out right now, today. Today is the day. So please go get it. You can order it on Amazon, IndieBound, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Uh, Also today, we have started our tour. Uh, You can find out more about the tour at GabbyandAllison.com, G-A-B-Y-A-N-D-A-L-L-I-S-O-N.com. And it started today, and we are in Philly, apparently, right now. I mean, I'm not recording this in Philly, but as of right now, I am in Philadelphia when you're listening to this. And the tour goes to Philly, NYC, Boston, Chicago, Minneapolis, Dallas, San Francisco, and L.A. So please come check it out Uh, if you're in Philly right now. Scramble, get tickets. And uh, if you're in the other cities, go, 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 and get tickets. Uh, please enjoy. Your healing has begun. It's Bad With Money with Gabby. Done. I just, Woo! I just recorded that because it was incredible. <laughs> I've never felt more seen. Okay. Thank you so much for coming to Bad With Money. Uh, I'm your host Gabby Dunn Uh, for those of you who don't know the podcast it's a show, we're on season two right now, season one was um, like finances and feelings so it was a lot of people being interviewed and coming on and talking about like their childhoods and stuff about and their like emotional traumas with money Um, and then season two has been more about like burning the whole system to the ground Um, as I become increasingly socialist it's fine Um, So, but I've always wanted to have um, these people on the show because I think uh it's important to talk about like small queer businesses and how to run businesses and uh how to do so when you're a marginalized person so um yeah i also wanted to do a fake ad for um this week's bad with money is brought to you by the slenderman group uh for a three free 30-day trial of the slenderman group uh go to at steph schwartz at steph underscore schwartz at twitter.com okay uh, Slenderman Group bought the whole season. I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, so, so your guests today are um, Reese Bernard, editor in chief and founder of Autostraddle.com. Maybe you've heard of it. Alex Vega, design director and co-founder of Autostraddle.com, and Linnea Jones, executive editor and founding member of Autostraddle.com. Please welcome them to the stage. <laughs> Hey, guys. Do you want to say who you are just so people, when they listen, can know um, what your voices are?
2: Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm Reese Bernard, the editor-in-chief and CEO and co-founder of Autostraddle.
3: Great. I'm Linnea Jones, um, the executive editor and founding member of Autostraddle. We were very specific about the language of founding member.
1: (laughs) I'm Alex Vega, co-founder and former design director. Great. not this tall either, so
0: but yeah put it right close to your mouth okay do that. so okay so um we so we wanted to start can you guys give like the origin story of auto straddle starting um because i think a lot of people here actually go to this camp but they don't know that
2: right um well i started a personal blog in 2007 and or 2006 and um then I started recapping The L Word, which was this really wonderful television program. Yeah, have you guys heard of it? Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like just really artistically just stunning. And so I always had a lot to say about it. Um, and so those recaps sort of um, got picked up by this site called The L Word Online. And I started getting a lot more lesbian readers of my blog and built this sort of community around my blog. Um, that's actually how I met Linnea. And that's how I met Alex. Alex commented on my L Word recap. Really? Yeah, to hit on my best friend, Haviland.
1: I
0: didn't Um, even know
2: that. Were you
1: guys just trolling for L Word fanfic or what was going on? (laughs) I mean, what? I mean, the recaps were really funny and Haviland was very good looking.
2: Yeah. Great. And so Haviland um, invited Alex over to her house to get her to design her website. Um, This is like the opposite of what you're supposed to do on the internet. (laughs)
0: Hey, I met an internet
2: friend. Come to my home. Yeah. And then she was like, this cute girl's coming over. And I was like, I'll be there in five minutes. (laughs) Um... And then uh, Alex started doing design for my blog. Um, most of our founding team, Carly, Steph, these are all people who are like commenters on my blog. Um, and as the L Word was coming to a close, I didn't want to like lose the community that I built around it. Um, and also I was just like depressed. It was like a bad time period. Um, and so I decided to put all of my energy into turning um, Autostraddle into, because that's what my L Word recap blog was called. Why was it called that? Uh, <laughs> um... Great question. <laughs> I sort of know why. I'm just setting you up. Okay, so I know it's like it's not a very interesting story, but um, originally I was writing a book about bisexuality and it was called The Road Best Straddled. And so when I started my L Word recap blog, I called it the Road Best Straddled.blogspot.com. And then. Hit. Yeah, very hip. I was on the cutting edge Zenga. of blogging yeah, technology. Of yeah, I was, yeah, I mean, I had a diary land in a live journal before I got to this. Live journal, what yeah, up? I really recommend this path. Um, and then my blog blog was called, this girl called Automatic Win for, I don't remember why I came up with that name, I just did. So people started calling my other blog, Auto Straddle oh and then when we decided to turn my little personal blog into like a group blog where i had other writers which was mostly because i had so many fucking ideas for what i wanted to write about and like what things i wanted to do but i didn't have enough time to do all the ideas by myself so it's like if i can get all my friends to do it with me then i can outsource my ideas and i can still live my dream through other people did you go to like journalism school or writing school Kind of, I mean, definitely not journalism school. I was an English major at the University of Michigan, and um, I wrote a few articles for the school paper, but I was like really socially anxious. So every time I went to the meeting, I would get too scared to talk. Yeah. So I never got any assignments because it's- <laughs> I was weird. I didn't even want to eat any of the bagels. They gave out bagels, and I was like too nervous to eat a bagel. Well,
0: that's interesting because... Oh, wow. Audience participation. No. Um, Well, that's interesting because, like, I feel like starting a publication is such a huge undertaking. Did you think about that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I sort of always wanted to have my own magazine growing up. Um, I have always loved magazines. Like, I've just always loved magazines. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was sort of the big dream. Um, I interned at Nerve.com. I don't know if anyone's heard of that. Oh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Nerve used to be kind of like a mix of like a dating site and yeah. also
2: a website, and they would do these weird. It was like very sexy, yeah, very sexy website. It was called Literate Smut. Was, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. Uh, was their thing, and they so they had like all these like big name writers like Dorothy Allison and Rick Moody and like Lisa Carver writing like nonfiction stuff that was very sexy, and then they also had Nerve personals, which was like hipster personals basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that's, looked at them. Yeah, I. Yeah, I almost dated a few people from it. Yeah. You know. Pre-Tinder, you guys (laughs) wouldn't have heard of it. Yeah. Um, So... So I had done that. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, right, but I never... I'm not really good at being bossed around, but I'm really good at bossing other people around. And the idea of having to, like, climb up the ladder to get to the point where I could edit a publication, that was Mm -hmm. just, like, that was... I didn't have time for that. So when did... um, So I'm going to start my own. Alex and Linnea come on. Well, I think... Do you guys um, want to say? Yeah,
1: go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I came on. I mean, I was just there, and then Reese was like, "We need to make this website." So, in two weeks, so I did. You built it in two weeks. Yeah, I, I wanted to
2: kill her. We, um, we were dating at the time. Yeah. Oh, so you were like, you were like,
0: yeah, I guess I have to. She knows where I live. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The stakes were were high. Yeah. When did you come on, Linnea? Um,
3: I had been. Uh, like she and I had emailed some and we had also spoken. We met in a forum.
2: God, this is like so of its time.
0: It <laughs> is.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The love story of recent lineage. I love you you know, I love it. It begins with Shane. <laughs> it does. Oh, you guys would just talk about Shane? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> cool. Broad topic. Yeah. Um and then what and then what was your job like what did you get brought on to do?
3: Oh. <gasps> um In the beginning, I think we all had, like, our our niches that we were supposed to be... We were supposed to be filling these little... Archetypes. Little little boxes. Mm -hmm. So I was brought on as the hippie. (laughs) Oh. Which is... I mean, it's accurate. So um, I did, like... um, I know. For some reason, I got the Earth Day beat early on, <laughs> which
0: was weird. Um, How much is there to cover about Earth Day?
3: You, know, uh, it, none, not, not really. Much, I, not I much, got I squeezed no. two years out of that, mm-hmm. and that was
0: it. So, um, what were some things that you guys didn't expect about starting a web? Because I, I think like starting a website, you just think, yeah, you buy a domain, and then that's the only cost. So, what were some things like business wise that you hadn't
2: thought of? I don't think I realized how much time it would take at all. Um, I th- maybe it was like five years earlier I'd seen maybe like Dateline or some show that talked about Perez Hilton, right? Yeah. And it was like a 10-minute segment about Perez Hilton where he like woke up in the morning and wrote his blog for an hour and then like went, and went to his work or whatever. And then suddenly like there were more and more ads on his thing and then get, eventually he became like a millionaire. So my entire idea of how Autostar would work came from that segment about Perez Hilton <laughs> and his work schedule, which could have all been a lie. I don't know, um, but so I thought that's what was going to happen to us. Like we would just start building, and as we got more readers, we would get more money, yeah. like Perez Hilton did. Um, and I was not correct about that <laughs> because if uh, no one is placing ads on your site, it doesn't really matter if you have zero readers or a million readers. You know? It's Were you still- thinking
0: it would be a profitable thing?
2: Yeah,
1: I, I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everyone made the um, internet ads sound super easy. Yeah, you just you just get the traffic, and then you just put the ads on, and then that grows, and it just it just sounded easy, and it, I never found it to be that easy, like ever.
0: Oh yeah, I had a website called A Hundred Interviews, and that's a deep cut for <laughs> fans of Gabby Dunn. And uh, <laughs> and I would they would be like, yeah, throw Google AdSense up, and I'd be like, yeah, sure, exactly. and then I would get a check
2: for like three cents. Yeah, and I'd be like, hmm, seems not right, but. Yeah, the Google AdSense thing was, like, the biggest scam, like, where we were, it was, we were all told, like, just, it's a numbers game, if you get enough readers, then your Google AdSense will gradually make you rich, and, and again, like, we made, like, maybe $2.50 from Google AdSense. Were you tracking, um, like,
0: SEO, or, like, how many people were reading? Yeah. Yeah, and then was that growing?
2: Yes. Yes. So that's good. Yeah, no, it was growing. It was definitely growing. But we didn't have any business experience. None of us at all. So that's
0: the huge thing when (laughs) coming at something from like a freelancer or coming at something from starting a business from the ground up. Even if it's like a creative endeavor, I found that you still have, like I was shocked at how much of show business, that's right, I'm in show business. um, I was shocked by how much of show business is just, Business, like right. having, like, I, be, I had to become an LLC, not Slenderman Group, so sad, but uh, I had to become an LLC. I had to, like, incorporate myself. I had to, like, actually look at taxes, which was a nightmare. Oh yeah. And you don't think about that because you're just like, I want to do my art.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. We didn't think about um, any of that. We didn't even know. I met, so I think at Alex's birthday party, I, like, met a girl at a bar in line for and then the And you met out with her?
1: What? <laughs> Nothing. <It> was- <laughs>
2: Listen. No, I mean we started. We
1: started definitely as like a passion project, and we had she, talked about starting okay. it. But then it, it was when we you met this person. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't. We were like, oh, this could be a real thing. I think. Yeah. yeah. She like they convinced do. us. Well, she
2: had like first of all, she had money, like like a wad of cash in her pocket that she like flashed at me, you know, <laughs> and was like and was like and I was like, oh, it's like my girlfriend's birthday, and she was like, I'll buy shots for everyone, and I was like, yeah.
1: What do you do? Yeah,
2: um? yeah. She asked me what I did, and I was like, "Oh, I write a lesbian website," expecting that to like turn her off and stop talking to me. But in fact, interested her, and so she somehow I gave her my phone number, and she called constantly. <laughs> she kissed me, okay, <laughs> um, and I said no. I said no, but I will take your phone number, and I will let you buy us another round of shots. And so then she continued calling, and eventually I was like, "Well, I don't know." She's being very persistent. And she basically said she had a ton of business experience. She started her own business in college, and she was going to come in and help us turn our business into a profitable business, because that was what she did. She would get us, how much an in investment, she said? A million dollars? <laughs> We'd have a million dollars by the end of the summer. And she lived, at the time, in a department building um, that you may have heard of called um, Trump Towers. What?
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't her. It was the dude that she was working for, and she got to, like, live in that. Apartment yeah. of his that he never went to because huh. he lives in
2: Miami. It was a $40,000 a month apartment. Um, I, thought was, the, I thought it was 25000 but... It's always better if you, like, double it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <She's>, <laughs> we just <laughs> trying to keep it real. <laughs> we called it the Castle in the Sky, um, which actually Robin made that up, I think. And so we would... She eventually just let me and Alex move into this apartment. And so we slept on a, circu- a circular bed that rotated with a mirror (laughs) on the ceiling and like leopard print everywhere. That seems exactly right. I'm I'm like shook right now. Yeah, that seems exactly correct. There was a stripper pole in the middle of the dining room table and there was so much alcohol, high class or no class, right? Yeah. So much, so much weird art too. And then like five computers with like monitors bigger than all of our computers put together. And so that became like our headquarters for the the summer tackiest place yeah. so, so that became like the autostraddle headquarters yeah and, and then uh, and she, she made us be an she was like you need to be an llc and i was like i don't know what that is what was it like the first time you filed taxes for autostraddle just a nightmare yes <laughs> i i don't remember how we did it the first year but there i remember the our second year in i think i had a mental breakdown trying to do taxes
0: yeah what was the what was the whole thing
2: uh, we didn't have any money.
0: Yeah. And then you have to kind of uh, report that, and then they take more money from you.
2: Right. Yeah. So they wanted more money from us than we actually had. Right. And that was upsetting to me.
0: And were were you paying, like, the writers or people? No. When did people, when did, uh, like, not not CEO, but, like, mm-hmm. a linear Alex, like, when did people start getting paid, or
1: when did people come on staff as, like, Writers, you know
3: um, as like a job I think
1: I was getting some some something in like twenty uh two thousand nine and ten mm-hmm. and then I moved out to l a so I sort of I needed a break because that was a lot it was just like a lot the first year um, yeah we
2: worked constantly
1: and then when I came on officially as like paid full-time mm-hmm. salary, which was super exciting was when we did the campaign to redo the website and so we had a indiegogo campaign
0: oh that's very interesting how yeah. did you find crowdfunding to be awesome yeah yeah, no, we killed it it was yeah. great yeah yeah what year was that
1: 2012
0: yeah the
1: summer of so you just said hey we want to keep auto Struggle going can people donate and they it, did it just came to a point where we where we knew and the reason i talked about it uh, we had put it off for so long we needed like a developer and uh, to upgrade the server mm-hmm. and um just just an upgrade cuz it was like crashing um Reese was like if 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 you guys give and we like make our goal i can bring Rachel on full time i can bring Alex on full like i could pay them to to be here full time we can make this even better right Reese a yeah, bunch of stuff
2: it, yeah and also it was to pay C to build the website cuz we had had another so so everyone in the beginning it was like we are a group of friends sort of right. making a thing together which is why the fact that like no one was getting paid Was I guess doable because it was also really fun to just hang out with each other and do stuff we wanted to do. But as we became bigger and more serious, it did become harder and harder. Um, And also the internet started changing, you know, in terms of people getting paid to do other stuff. So um, and we wanted to be able to pay everyone, you know, that like the. But the first person besides me who was paid regularly
3: was Linnea. Yes, because I either either I was going to be paid money. Or I was going to be forced uh, to like live in a situation that was not was unhealthy for me. <laughs> so, so basically, Reese was like, "I'll save you," and then she did.
0: Aww. and with
3: yeah five hundred dollars a month. Five hundred a month.
0: So, yeah, that that's great. I mean, so there's like a lot of uh, with crowdfunding. I think there's a lot of. We'll get into the second part of this question too, but um, there's a lot of like like marginalized people are using it a lot or like queer people are using it to fund stuff because there's not a lot of places that will do ads on queer websites specifically. I found, so there's a whole thing going I'm a YouTuber and there's a whole thing going on with YouTube right now actually where they are demonetizing uh, LGBT videos. So it takes, um, and it, it takes away the, the number of ads you can have and the money that you can get. So like, um, I have a video up that is like a, a sketch about me having a girlfriend that's just like me, I kiss a girl in it, whoop, big whoop. And uh, I've done it before. <laughs> and uh, and they demonetize, and that's our most popular video, it has two million views, and they demonetized it. So we don't see any money from that anymore. Whereas like there's some other video up where like it's like a joke about, like there's like an implication that a guy is fingering me under a table and they let that one stay up. And it's supposed to be like kid friend, like they're just trying to keep the site kid friendly or whatever. But um, it's de-incentivizing people from making queer content, and there's like a really good, there's a really great couple of YouTubers um, who make like a lot of sex ed videos for like queer and trans people, and the the videos are not making them any money. So a lot of what they use is Patreon, which is a huge like crowdfunding site. Can you guys speak to what just happened? Mm-mm. Is there a bug?
1: No,
2: yeah, huge. I got it. I got it. Spider-Man. Resaved everyone. <laughs> I killed so many bugs the other night. Wow, you guys,
0: once again. Saving lives, can you just make sure that it's it's dead?
1: dead? Also, you know who is the bug killer in this relationship?
0: (laughs) You got it. No. Is it dead? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. My hero. Action and anyway. suspense here on Bad with Money, Gabby. It yes. was huge. Was, I didn't see it. It was it was so scurry. big. It was now. That's how you know I'll be the first to die in any situation. <laughs> I'm just like la la la.
2: What a huge bug. That was <laughs> symbolic of the the bug was us, and then this was like the patriarchy not wanting to advertise <laughs> on our website. Aww.
0: Yeah. So can you talk a bit about uh, that and like because it, it is interesting. I didn't know that you guys had crowdfunded. So that's like a yeah. big thing that's happening now too with like queer content um, is that. That you have to sort of go directly to the people
2: right and the crowdfunding i mean that was lasted us for a little while but eventually we had to start like a membership program and that's our main source of revenue now um but a, a big problem for us getting ads was that we talk about sex right um whoa scary. Yeah, yeah so i don't know if you guys ever had it but it's very risky um but alex was in charge of putting of doing all the like advertising stuff in the beginning because I don't have very good social skills. Um, and, and you have to go and ask people to put ads on your site. Yeah. Yeah. And so or get I, sponsorships for stuff. Right. So since I couldn't talk to people, effectively, Alex became our advertising person. And, and I got commissioned. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But
0: how, how did people react to you pitching the site?
1: Uh, the name was problematic. Um, <laughs> because they thought it was like a sexual term? It's Yeah, it's usually regarded as a sexual term or, yeah, they don't know what it means, but probably because they're thinking it's about sex. Um, I mean, in the beginning, I thought it was easier, like when we were working with a marketing company in New York that specifically acted like as this liaison between companies that wanted to reach the LGBT market and um, us who would have access to the LGBT market. Right. So we had some pretty good uh, campaigns, actually. I would say, like, 20...
2: Like, when was OB? 2013? 2013.
1: Did they sponsor the whole site? Um, no. No. It,
2: it was a $40,000 $40, campaign. It was, like, a
1: certain spend. And then it was so fun to be like, we want to spend this much money so then we could come up with some really cool ideas for how they could spend that money and re- be really creative about it. And because we knew our audience, and that was, like, part of the sell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that was fun. I mean, there were a couple of those, I think, in 2013. And then I was like, this is going to be great. This <laughs> is just the beginning. And then, I mean, it just never happened. Why again. has
0: it gotten so much worse? Like, for creating queer content, it's so weird.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. our, like, the percentage of our revenue that comes from advertising at this point, I think, is under 5%. Yeah, uh, which we, is nuts. Yeah, we make more from affiliate advertising. But like what you are just saying about YouTube, like two months ago, Amazon decided to change their affiliate commissions and they chopped them all in half. And that's what happens when you rely on like a giant corporation for a big segment of your money. You have no control over them changing the rules at any moment. Yeah. So that cuts a huge part of our revenue in half. But we don't um, have, I mean, and, and like $40,000 sounds like a lot of money. And at that time it was all right for how small our staff was. But at this point it, t- it costs like, Twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars 30000 a month to operate. right? And so even if we did get a campaign like that, which we really don't, um, it wouldn't necessarily like change our lives in a huge way, but it would obviously be very helpful. Well, but there was other things. I mean, there were other companies that turned us down, right? Yeah, we, we had... Uh, I mean, I tried
1: working with several people and or companies that would solicit for us that would... Oh, yeah, I have a contact. I'll go talk to Absolute about you guys or Oranges or Netflix or Oranges and New Black or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff that we were like, we like it. We want to talk about it anyway. Let's get paid to talk about it. Um, And then it just would go nowhere.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of advertisers don't realize that. It goes like going directly to the group and to the people. Like, they want, they would rather make their own LGBT content, which always turns out poorly, than Mm -hmm. like go to actual queer people or like go to actual, like a website that actually has the eyeballs.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think they just like don't really get it. I don't think they really want the queer audience. Like, they want the, like, whatever attention they would get for looking like they wanted a queer audience. But they, oh, that's great. They must not give a fuck, otherwise they would actually come here yeah and take us.
0: yeah i think well it's also like uh, it's courts controversy which is so doesn't make any sense but it's like this it becomes like very controversial if they're advertising on a queer website or something yeah then you get like family whatever family group being like how dare you even the
2: fosters <laughs> wouldn't advertise on our website
0: the fosters
2: the mm-hmm. fosters, the fosters. <laughs> But that's a gay show i know so yeah. dumb Huh. Uh, well, because we talk about sex. Okay. Um, but even, but then there's things like Orange is a New Black, and we spent a shit ton of time putting together a really incredible Such proposal. Such good for It, it was so yeah. fucking, we're allowed to swear. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, it's my show. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever you no, want. No, I feel, I think someone asked you that the last podcast episode I listened my to. My so dad has asked that? me that. Yeah. <laughs> my dad came on the show and was like, am I allowed to swear? And I was like, do it up, dad. Yeah. <laughs> our, our Orange is a New Black proposal was so fucking good. And they didn't pick us because yeah. they already, I mean, and they were right. They already had us. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a big yeah. part of it too. So yeah. you're not going to not talk about it. Right. right. Yeah. And a lot of places that are queer, they want to do exchanges. Um, Alex used to spend a lot of time on that kind of stuff. If you want to talk. About What's that. an exchange like girl and stuff like that.
1: Really. Oh, in exchanges, uh, we are having an event um, in exchange for two tickets to the, to come cover the event Come on, Gabby, you know this stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like when, yeah. You you have to write an article about us and do this and do that. and put Yeah, the but do, they're per, not giving you money. They just want you to show up. They're like, we'll put yeah. your logo on the program. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So, okay. So how, so how do you like keep,
0: how do you keep the site running then? If you said ads, ads are like 5%, yeah. what's the
2: rest of the percentages would you say? Um... I guess affiliates are probably about 10%. um, And then uh, our membership program. The membership program, yeah. And then camp. Yeah. So camp's
0: a great idea to sort of branch out. (laughs) Because a lot, so a
2: lot of what (laughs) <laughs> a
0: lot of what happens also with YouTube is that you can't just rely on YouTube revenue so you have to like make merch or oh, right, merch, start right. yeah, yeah. yeah so you have to like make merch or start like um, a meet and greet thing or like I was very uncomfortable we're, Allison and I are, my comedy partner and I are, are gonna go on a book tour and we were like un- I was super uncomfortable with like what we were being quoted as the price of tickets mm-hmm. but then they were like well if you don't ask for that you're not going to make any money back from the tour uh and i i still was like it's hard to value yourself or like value the the worth of what you're doing because i just felt really i don't know i just was like that i it's like it's an extension of how we would make money but i just and i'm like obviously i have to eat and like pay rent and like i get it and like i'm giving like all of our videos you know were free Right. Like we made all these videos for free for three years, so I think we could charge for tickets. But I also feel so weird about it, and
3: also it leaves people out who can't afford it.
0: Oh yeah, I Which... forced I I asked them to do a lottery yeah. for like ten tickets that would just be free because yeah. I was like I it, I feel. Like I don't want people not to come. I also like for meet and greet, I was like I don't wanna just meet rich people.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I don't want like some person that like their dad could pay you know, like I was just like, I don't I don't wanna just meet like daddy bought me these tickets or whatever. Yeah. So how do you do that with um I know for like auto shuttle camp you do or A Camp you do
2: camperships you do? Like how do you balance that? Um I mean we do camperships we're really lucky that like the community that reads our website is like really really incredible human beings who are very very generous and a lot of people who really want to see other people come to camp if um, if they can't or even if they can um, if they have the extra money they'll give it to us for camperships um, but it sucks that um, it's not more affordable for more people um, regardless of that but uh, so yeah I don't but I don't think I feel bad about charging for a camp because it's so much work. Yeah. It's um, all intensive and all. Yeah. yeah. And then also, and then it's this weird thing because it takes away from the website, right? Like the whole month leading up to camp. <laughs> I mean, you could talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Talk
3: about that. Yeah. I, it's probably like two, maybe three months leading up to camp where like slowly your brain starts, like you start remembering that camp is coming up. And so you have to have content ready for that, but also you have to get your own stuff ready for mm-hmm. like your workshops and Uh, Like, I have two kids, so I have to also figure out what to do with them while I'm here, which is just a riot. (laughs) Do you leave them in,
0: like, a pet hotel or (laughs) what? you?
3: I tried. I tried that. Um, I don't know a lot about kids. (laughs) It's just, it's like, there is no free time. It becomes laughable around, like, like three, four weeks leading up to camp. It's, like, it's just, we are hysterical. And there is nothing, there's no time for anything it's
0: because you <laughs> have show. to, because like so, not everyone's coming to camp. So the website still has to be. functional. Right, right. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's like thousands of other people who aren't getting our yeah. attention. And that is really unfortunate. And also, uh, we, if we were like a normal business that had like a normal amount of funding and a normal amount of income for what we're trying to do, we would have somebody full time. Yeah. Honestly, we could probably use two full time year round people working on camp. Like Dinah Shore. That's her only job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it happens once a year. And I remember at first when I found that out, I was like, what? For you, It takes you a whole year to plan, four days? Yeah. It does, of It course. does. And you like, start planning the next one, like, the day after it's done. Right. And if we had, like, a full-on staff, and not even just a full staff, but if our present staff was being paid more which we can't, because we don't have enough money to pay our staff more, um, then we would be in a much better position. We could even pay somebody to, like, do Linnea's job while we're here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we would all have more money to uh, to get, like, Linnea could put her kids in a really nice pet hotel. Right. Yeah. You know, that yeah. came with, like, food and stuff like that. They walk them. Yeah. They yeah. walk them. Yeah, yeah. They groom them. Yeah. Uh,
0: what, would you ever... So, Hello Giggles sold their site to Time for, like, a billion, jillion dollars. Would you guys ever sell the
1: site? <laughs> I've started a let's, problem let's, let's here. Ha, on let's stage. say our let's say our answer at the same time. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so why yes, Alex? I mean, because <laughs> like, Alex owns a percentage of the business. <laughs> <laughs> I like I yeah like we, I mean, you start things and you build them up so that you can cash in. Sure. And I love like but but you know that obviously comes with a humongous caveat but you know part of I mean I, I started another business after uh, after starting auto Straddle. so it's like the idea behind that is also to you know to build it up and then to get a big like because making no, like no money for many years like working your your ass off um, sweat equity <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, and then so, you know, you just think like, oh, my God, After
2: Allen was sold for $7 million. What is... But uh, the quality much... of the site went down. I just want to say for the oh, absolutely. they were definitely... After Ellen was not sold for $7 million. Okay,
1: what? But, so, what
0: but After Ellen made... So that's the thing is that they made some money by selling it. But then uh, there was like this big controversy where the, the quality yeah. of the stuff went down. I was about to ask, do you guys feel like you have
2: any competitors in the sense that like a site that is similar to yours? We have competitors in that now sites like BuzzFeed and HuffPo and Mike and Fusion have enough money to pay writers the actual amount writers should be paid yeah. to write about queer stuff. When we first started, we were really the, one of only a few places you could actually publish a personal essay about something that was queer or that you could read any type of investigative journalism that was about like lesbians. We were the only source of like queer news for most of our readers. Right. Then when all this venture capital came flooding into these other sites, mm-hmm. so now a lot of the writers who maybe four years ago would have been willing to write for us you know, for $50 or something, they don't submit to us anymore because now they have BuzzFeed or they have Fusion or yeah. whatever who will pay them good money for it. And yeah. So it becomes, you know, it's. Uh, but those places aren't often run by, by queer and trans people. Like, no, you're,
0: yeah. you're a writer for, like, just speaking from my own experience, you're a writer for those places, but your editor is, like, a, a straight, cis, white dude. Right. Yep.
1: That's absolutely true for, for those companies, but that doesn't have to be the case for every company that's, like, sold or, like, a different situation. If yeah. They're like, so, like, you know, there's, there's many different ways to go about it so i wanted to think about like what that would look like and I'm, and when cuz also i'm not saying like now immediately like it's probably never going to happen but just thinking <laughs> about it is is fun
2: yeah well, yeah i think with the and also i think now that people can get some queer information from these mainstream sites. They're not, they don't necessarily look for us. Or, like, a really great example would be that it used to be if you searched how to have lesbian sex, we came up first, and then all of a sudden Cosmo wants to write about lesbians all the time now, too, because now we're cool, and now we're trendy. Cosmo. (laughs) And now they're the number one result. And it totally fucked with our SEO. And that happens with a lot of things. HuffPo queer voices, I could just staple to the wall. (laughs) And... (laughs) This is yeah Gently. yeah because it became cool right and so now they get and and so they don't need um that we don't have that same. But like, I think you guys has. are
0: the only place where like the editors are also queer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We That's are. Such a and, fucking bummer. Do we still Sorry yeah. to bring it all? Well, down. Also, <laughs> no. I mean, it, and
3: well, and our readership is like just queer as right. fuck. And so like the support you're going to get when you publish something on Autostraddle versus the comments will be positive. Yeah. 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 Versus yeah. commenters I'm, being like, I, this uh, burned my eyeballs. <laughs> <I never laughs> no, wait, my favorite is, well, this isn't just for lesbians. This yeah. could also be applied to straight couples. Yeah. Like a, a list of like 10 ways to know that your girlfriend is super into you. Yeah. It's like, okay, actually, thank, <laughs> thanks. Right.
2: Thank you thank for taking it. Yeah. So yeah. We, so we do have that. I think, but with, you would never sell it. No, I mean I I don't want I don't want anyone to be in charge of me. Right. Um so I would want to maintain total editorial freedom. Um I think this year our um like our income has like stagnated. Mm-hmm. Um well, meanwhile our community continues to um I'm not Grow. gonna say demand, request so much more from us than we can do with the money that we have um and which is getting more and more frustrating. Um,
0: yeah, and you're the only I mean you guys are really the only site that I that I look at I don't look yeah. at HuffPo Queer Voices I don't look at thank you the, thanks Gabby <laughs> I don't look at the the. well like even like there was that whole I don't want to get into specifics but there was like a lot of controversy with BuzzFeed's content queer content that was like uh, not that great in terms of bi phobia let's say mm-hmm. Um. so yeah I mean it's it's uh, it's like an unanswerable question because you become more cool but then there's, like, this Silicon Valley element of, like, tech venture capital where, like, would you guys ever, like, go to fucking Silicon Valley? It's such a boys' club. And, go like, I don't know, go there and be like, someone invest in us. Or it's, like, the people that started those websites are already sort of wealthy and come from, like, wealthy families that are just, like... You know that thing of, like, someone told me that Mitt Romney oh it was earlier on this podcast someone was like Mitt Romney was giving a speech in 2012 and he was like millennials just borrow 10k from your parents and go out and start a yeah. business and everyone was like from, from who? borrow from who? are you kidding me? Yeah. not everyone's parents have 10k but thanks for being in touch with the world
2: <laughs> yeah or like the toast um, Nicole Cliff was always really open about the fact that like they wouldn't exist if her husband didn't make a lot of money right you know and, and vem- they
0: eventually closed yeah Splain closed like all these places uh, that are run by women are just like don't get the support or don't get the ads or sponsors they are like just closed down yeah like we're
2: like pretty much the last one standing more, I, that's what I was asking less. yeah I think so And, um, which is sad because I don't want us, I want, I, if I don't want us to go away, you know, but if we did, then there'd be nothing. And that has happened historically with like all types of like queer spaces, whether they be bars or bookstores or whatever, or events. Um, that happens to our newspapers that, moose, moose that happens to our newspapers and magazines too and it has to all the ones who came before us mm-hmm. and also it's a very specifically emotionally exhausting um, process to put together because we so, uh, care so much about our community right. in a way that a lot of other places
0: You're invested do. in a way right. that other people aren't. It's not just money, it's emotional investment. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, what do you make Oh, go for it. I was just like, it's our family too. Like, we're part of it. Mm-hmm. So it we do want it to be really strong and connected and educated and
0: what do you make of the stereotype when i go out i so i wrote a uh i've written scripts and movies and i go out and pitch them and i get a lot of like well you know you can't really make a lesbian movie because lesbians don't spend money
3: lesbians spend so much they spend money money so they like
0: i've heard like they don't go to the movies they stay in with their like dogs and kids or whatever <laughs> No. like yeah, literally no. i've heard that like they don't go they don't they're not gonna buy a movie they don't go to the movies they don't whatever which is like what they don't go to the movies. What is that stereotype? We yeah. watch the worst movies. Yeah, we will watch anything.
3: We'll watch anything. Like we
0: will watch anything. I know. Like yeah. you guys ever scrolled the Netflix category for gay and lesbian? It's horrific. It's really like sad. terrible.
2: There are people in this room who probably watched *Elena Undone* from start to fucking finish. <laughs> I mean, we are we are you get and that's also the thing with advertisers. We're really good at. Um, like supporting each other. Yeah, and when we have an advertiser, I think we present it in a way that's like really effective and that connects to our community in a way that other people don't know how to do. Um, but they, they don't care. It's women. They don't think we have any money, and they are right. We do have a lot less money than men do.
0: Yeah, yeah, we do have less money. I think also the the idea is that oh, two women are married. They're both suffering the pay gap, so they don't have as much money to blow as like I used to walk around Chelsea in New York and just look at all the brownstones and be like. Who can live here? <laughs> and then I would go, oh, two male incomes. Yeah. How fun. Yeah. 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 What's that like? Yeah. Yeah. So um, just to get more personal, I, would, I wanted to know if each of you would talk about if you are good or bad with money.
1: You Personally. I don't know. I I think, I think I am becoming better. I just got out of credit card debt. Hey, nice. Um, <laughs> Great. But I can only do that because I left autostrums. Oh. womp womp. Yeah. Um, yeah, She had to leave, you know, to get to get out of debt. Um, it, there was many reasons for it. Yeah, and like just wanting to be more financially sound was one of them. Yeah, if I'm being honest. Um, so yeah. Was it student loans too, or just no? I don't have any loans. It was just starting businesses, sort of. Yeah, you know, work. Yeah, like working for free for a while. So, mm-hmm. what's your second business? Um, it's a dog training business in Los Angeles and actually like we have eight people on the team and six of them are queer. So it's like also a queer business also relevant to this conversation.
0: Whoa. And that you would sell to the pet hotel where Linnea is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. At at
1: some
2: point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs)
1: That's interesting. That feels like less personal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But Uh, she had to leave to get, like, a full-time salary, real good job in mm -hmm. Seattle. Well,
1: I wanted a salary, but I also wanted different things professionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, focusing on on advertising and, like, selling stuff. And, um, yeah, it was not my passion.
3: I'll really bring you down. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, it's defeating. What about you? I... Can I take a second to really think about this? Yeah, sure. One second. What were you doing that whole time while I was talking? I was listening to you. Really uh, that's, that's engaged what with you again. That's so nice. Um, I I, I, just, I feel like I'm just stealing your answer, but like I have become more. I'm trying so much harder than I ever was because I, for so long, like 15 years or longer, maybe yeah, Oh, 18, 18 years because that's how old my firstborn child is. Um, it just seemed like we would always be just poor like i just was like i'll just be poor okay um and so it like i'm just now to the point where i'm like actually if we if we did this and also this like i could see a way ahead like we could actually maybe do something else like go on a vacation Mm -hmm. you know or like my mom wouldn't have to um, buy school clothes, which she loves to do, but I don't love that. So There's a lot
0: of strings attached to family so, giving you money, definitely. Uh, just
3: just blah, makes me feel like, what, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. But I, I feel like I'm getting better. I feel like now I f- can see um, a future where it looks like I could have maybe things that I want.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of, like, with, um, I've had people with more money tell me, well, if I didn't have any money, all I would try to do is get more money. And it's like, no, you've normalized. Like, you just are like, no, that's not... Like, I'm not going to not live my life because... Right. And a lot of it is, like, this weird thing where people come on my show and they're like, well, if you don't do manicures and you don't buy lattes, you could save. And I'm like, yeah, but you also, like, you need to do self-care. Like, you're not like, oh, so poor people are not allowed to, like, eat the food that they like and, like, have any kind of, like... I don't know. It's just weird. Like, it feels like this weird thing, like, shaming thing of, like, yeah. oh, so you want to, like, have... You want to, like, have better mental health? Like, go... No, not allowed.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it, that's... When I started this um like credit when I was in a lot of credit card debt and I did this program called Take Charge America, I think it's called. And it's not like you're declaring bankruptcy, but somehow they like consolidate your debt and lower it and close all your cards and then you pay back a certain amount each month. But when I had to have my first conversation with them about it, um, which was mostly me crying, um, that was she was like, Do you really think you need to get manicures? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> it's only eight dollars. Don't take that away from me. And you it's know? a whole
0: thing of too of like Uh, a cycle of presentation where you're, like, trying to, like, go to a job and look good and, like, try to, like, you know, present at your job. I've had, like, so much trouble when I was younger of, like, trying to get clothes that seemed like I could be presentable at my job, but also they weren't paying me enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And then it just becomes a weird cycle where you're buying, like, Forever 21 stuff that just falls apart on your body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You just pull one string and you're naked.
2: (laughs) Um, So... and yeah. like when Alex and I would go to events, um, like professional LGBT networking things, we were always the only women there. Always.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why. Like I go to Lesbian Sue Tech every year because yeah. it's it was me. I mean, technology only you know men. Right. And also gay space uh, LGBTQ spaces like business meetups and networking events were all men.
2: Yeah. Huh. And I always we I felt like we were so like frumpy compared to like what. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, not Alex looked great. Alex looked great, but I felt frumpy compared to because these were—they were all rich men. They were all like rich white men. I don't know. They just seemed to have everything together, and I was like, here we are, these two kids their stupid website about the l word yeah. or just like yeah, yeah. And they were like oh girls money yeah yeah and everyone was like oh wow that sounds really interesting but they didn't care they're most you know they 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 had their advertisers
0: yeah there's a lot of stuff with women in business where they're like that's so cute yeah yeah or yeah. or they think um there's like a lot of stuff with uh, financial literacy for women for women where it's like oh we'll just turn this pink Yeah. This book is pink now. It's for you. Yeah. It's like, that's very weird. Or like, I had someone on who was like, I had someone, I was like, there's an episode coming out next week where I just fight people. Uh, And so there's like one woman on who was like, well, uh, you know, like instead of trying to live up to the Kardashians or like do this. And I was like, what do you, do you think all women are the same? Like, I have a lot of questions. Uh, And I was like, I'm just really trying to emulate the young Pope. Like I just want uh, his outfits. Uh, where can I get bright red shoes and a big ass hat? But, um, and that she did not have an answer. Yeah. Wild wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think there's a lot of, uh, stuff where if you're a woman in business, they just go, Oh, that's cute. Yep.
2: Yeah. 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 They think mostly what we're doing is
3: it's a hobby. Yeah. Like everything a woman does is just a cute little hobby.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh,
0: Everything that you expend emotional labor on, or or work on, you're just you're oh yeah, you're supposed to do that. Of yeah. course, you do it for yeah. free. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I don't know. It does feel like we're often just sort of belittled for what we do, or it's not taken seriously. It's niche. It's not for
0: everyone. It's right. Uh, how can you? Which is so weird because there's so many websites that are that are seen as for everyone, or like um even like sports websites are mm-hmm. like that's yeah we'll give them money. That's forever. That's for everybody or. There's a lot of stuff that is like, you guys, I think, give similar news and advice that would, that fits like a large community. And it comes back to the thing that uh, some people tell me like, oh, well, queer people don't spend money. Mm -hmm. Often they don't have money, but also like, they, they need, there's like a a need for, I don't know, stuff that, that caters to them. right? Right. Yeah. It's, and, um yeah I mean it seems like a I don't know what the solution is have you guys thought about that or like what would be the like ideal
2: utopia um I mean the ideal utopia would be that we had enough I guess if, if we did have like some sort of like kick, not, not our but if we could get a, a little pile just like a pile of money um, that would be really cool. Um, ideally, if we could pay our current people more yeah. money, like um, competitively, because currently most of us, what we're making on salary, we now have five people on salary, is about one third of what we would be making if we were working at like at like BuzzFeed or at Fusion mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, for me, I could be making, if I was like the C... <laughs> Forget it. Oh, my God. I'd be so rich. So much money. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would like to have people paid more. And I think that if we had um, the money to start, like, a full-time staff focused on camp, then we would be able to expand the camp model have more camps a year. I mean, it would have to, we'd have to change how we did it because obviously we can't bring the whole staff to a place that, you know, a million camps a year, but I think that is one element. I mean, our merch does really well too. Um, And so those are parts of what we do that I think could be expanded on if we had the funding just to get that started i think we would get that revenue back and if we also had um enough money to hire somebody dedicated solely to a plus which is our membership program Mm -hmm. because right now it's just really hard like some people will be like oh shit we haven't put up any a plus content in like you know yeah a few months and it's just we're we're all doing like 10 jobs at once i still work 16 hour days you know Mm -hmm. and this is now we're going to my like ninth year of this right eighth year of this um, yeah, eighth year. Yeah. Is, yeah. But it's also, I mean, it's also we're so incredibly lucky to be able to do work and to get paid what we, something. Yeah. To do exactly what we want to do for exactly the people we want to do things for. And yeah. it's much more rewarding and more fulfilling than um, anything else I could ever imagine doing. And I love our readers and I love our campers and I love, um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of stuff to that, like with independent contractors
0: or freelancers or people who... Want, don't want to answer to someone else's... Like, even I, I think a lot about, like, Britney Nichols doing Suicide Kill on yeah. her own, or, like, if you want it to get done or you want to see that kind of content, you kind of have to do it yourself for, yeah. like, a shoestring budget. And there's, a, like, a lot of people that I think in this, probably in this audience, that are uh, either... And, it, it, like, either at a day job that they're not super stoked mm-hmm. on, that they would rather be doing, like... I don't know. They would rather be doing like their art or their projects.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, one more thing is that we need another person of color on our senior editorial team. Which means we—that's another thing I would like for the pile of money would be a whole another salary, so we can bring someone else on because um, I—we're uh, not as diverse as I want us to be.
0: Yeah.
1: From a from a business standpoint, it's like. It's a really hard business to be in, to be on the internet, and the uh, expectation on the internet is that everything is um, free, or you know, for, yeah, a, for a while it was. Yeah. So, like when I think about Reese saying, like, "Well, if we had this much more money, we could do this, this, and that," and it, we should be having this much more money because we have like the numbers, we have like the people, like look at all the people that are here. Because I look at like my other business and I'm like, oh well, let's just like raise the prices and then the you know people keep buying them. Like, yeah, right. Okay. But for internet stuff, yeah, yeah. Whenever
0: we do, uh, we did like th- like 150 YouTube videos for free and then we did like one sponsored video and people were like, too much sponsored content. <laughs> oh you guys God. are sellouts. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, we did like we lost money on all these videos. What are you talking about? Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, like launching a plus was um, people were mad.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. talk about it, yeah. What,
3: yeah. Linnea, go. Well, we were we do a senior editor retreat every year um, just so we can, like, be all together in a room because we're all satellites spread out all across the country.
2: Oh, yeah, a, a central office. That's another thing I would like to do. Oh, I'd love to have money. a central office. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, in Trump Towers? I'm sorry, yes, go on. Yes, I do. <laughs> Yeah. With were so stripper pole.
3: Yeah. We were, um, we were going to launch A-plus that week for this, during the senior editor's retreat. We were so... So excited like about what we were about to do and nervous, but mostly just so excited and we were all together. Well, cause like what it was, was, um,
1: not taking, it was the same website. Yeah. Um, just added content that we're, um, yeah,
2: that, that you could get access to. Yeah. I'm a member. With a subscription.
3: Well, I was explaining it for your it readers. Some of the best
2: money you've ever spent for, yeah. your, li- for your listeners. I love it.
0: <laughs> I get right. my little email that says it's my recurring
1: payment, and I go, great. <laughs> right, great. Good so deal. nothing original like that was there it was going to go away.
3: right? Yeah, now. they were going to get exactly what they've been getting. It was just um, occasionally we were going to um, maybe write something really weird that would not have even interested most of them mm-hmm. totally. Um, and then like a newsletter and, you know, just some little neat things. Um, and we, we did it published that post, set it all up, and the immediate feedback was just um like they set the building on a fire. A cacophony of I cannot believe you're doing this. To us. Yep. This is this I can not you really auto straddle, really. Really. Yeah, yeah, that's my least
2: favorite sentence in the world.
3: <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot with like YouTube red. So like obviously yeah.
0: in terms of our channel, we would I think of it a little bit like Alex where we would I I would be there's ways in which I would be okay selling it. And like, so if we did started doing some of the content on YouTube Red, like they would still get JBU, but there would be like maybe another show on YouTube Red. Like everyone is so pissed. I got in trouble. I was like just part of something that was um, on full screen that people had to pay to see the video. I didn't even, I wasn't in charge of it. I didn't make any money off it. I was just in the video and people were furious at me. Yeah. Um, and people are also very mad when they can't get things in their country. Like, yeah. if it's, like, only available in UK and Canada, then they'll really tell you to fuck off. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm not, in ch- this is, like, for our book, not and not I was like, I'm in charge of I'm Canada. in charge of that. Like, I, they, the, go yell at St. Martin's Press. I don't know what you want from me. Um, okay, can, um, I think if people have questions, any kind of question about, like, fi- like finances or whatever, um, you can ask it now if you want, if you raise your hand.
1: I once tried to get a tiny house that didn't work out. You can ask me about that. A really? tiny house? I was trying to stay in LA and like still work, you know, like on autostraddle and stuff. Like
2: this a, is what it
0: like this is cam- what it came
1: to. Wait, like a camper? Um, like an airstream? No, like no, like house. you would you would like get it made to your specifications of like what you needed and then we can just park it somewhere. Oh boy. Oh, like it's a movement.
0: I know it's a movement. I had it
1: all figured out.
0: Yeah. Also, they have, they have an, an enormous do dog. I was gonna do it.
3: The dog is bigger than yeah. you yeah. guys. I don't have together. the tiny <laughs> house, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the
1: dream is dead. <laughs> you don't have to stomp on it.
0: Jesus, it's gonna be really exciting. I was though. just anyway. trying to make
1: like, okay, so my, my thought process was instead of trying to make more money, I would just have le- less stuff, like, and like need less stuff, so then I could like not have to make more money.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's
1: reasonable. And That's then you Thanks live in, judgment. like, a
0: bunk where you wake up every day and hit your head on the ceiling. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cool. Fun. Thanks. For, thank, yeah. You're just jealous.
0: Yeah, I'm jealous of your tiny house. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Go for it. I don't know. Well, they said that they'll be able to hear you on that mic, but, you know, the A.V. Club is suspicious like, at best. maybe come
1: walk up to it?
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm... Hi. Uh... Nope, it's not a thing. Just yell. <laughs> <laughs> yell.
1: <laughs>
2: and the financial situation with the family growing up. Um, also, I want to
1: say all of you were really wonderful,
3: super cool. You actually did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> sure, like not everything was smooth sailing. There were trials and failures and all that. And so I would say that I'm not necessarily
2: bad with money, but I am
0: super risk averse. Yeah. Yeah, so the question was about fear of failure, and, I, and also a very nice compliment about doing the thing, because <laughs> um, there are a lot of people, I think about this too with my stuff, there are a lot of people who have ideas, but they don't actually do it, or it's kind of embarrassing, like when I first started doing YouTube videos, I had friends that were like, this is very annoying and weird, like why are you doing this, this is so, thank you! <laughs> They were like, a, they were like mad at me for promoting them, and were just like, you're like, you're like a weirdo now. And the view, the videos weren't getting enough views for me to be like, this is gonna be a thing. But they were, they were sort of like, this is sad and weird, and like we, this is like weird, and you and we don't want to be friends with you anymore. Um, and like one guy wrote me an email being like, your internet presence is obnoxious, uh, and I was like, yeah, that's the brand. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so like there's this like weird feeling of like putting yourself out there and then if you fail everyone's like yeah we knew her videos weren't good. So yeah I definitely um dealt with that in the beginning too but then I just kind of lacked shame. <laughs> I don't know.
2: I I think well for starters I felt like the reception I'd gotten even just for my personal blog and like the I used to do a YouTube series um as well was so positive and so encouraging that I just felt like I knew I could sense, because I'm a psychic, that there were other people out there, there was a big population of people out there who wanted the kind of content that no one was creating and that if we, did, if we built it, they would come to it. Like, I, had, I did have a lot of confidence about it. But um, I also felt like, uh, wh- or how I tried to look at it in my brain was like, yes, what, I'm, not like, I'm not going to go into this and create a successful business. I'm, what I'm trying to do is find out if this idea I have will work or not. Like, I knew that it could fail. But I also knew that I needed to find out if it would fail before I could do, you know, whatever it is I would do instead of that. So it's like the the fear of failure to me was just sort of, um, I saw it as like I was testing out an idea. And I, if it failed, that was still an accomplishment because I was accomplishing figuring out what didn't work and what, yeah. and what kinds yeah. of paths weren't open to me that I thought might be.
0: Yeah, that's huge.
2: Yeah, I just, uh, on
1: that, like, I don't know how many jobs I've had at this point or how many things that I've done, maybe around, like, eight or ten different things. And I just now feel like, like, I found it. And I don't look at those things as, like, failures, but they got me to, to some place. And I also find it hard to, to to talk about failure without addressing, like, like privilege and, Definitely. you know, um, access to certain resources and things because because I knew if I tried something, I mean... I definitely wanted to try one thing and I didn't do that. And then I like regretted it my whole life, but I did these other things instead. And so, you know, do like, I just think like, do something, but like, you have to know if it's not going to work out. Like, what you can what you can do to kind of... Um, I don't know, like, what, what your safety net is. And I think all of us have different safety nets, so it's kind of hard to talk specifics.
0: It kind of sucks. I'm in this weird place where I, I don't love the normalization of side hustle because you should be making enough money if you're working yeah. full-time. You should be making enough money to live. And that is, like, due to rising rent prices and also, like, not paying people enough, and it sucks. And then people are, like, oh, look, get this side hustle. Like, all those Facebook videos that are, like, this mom worked at McDonald's while she was pregnant, and then it's, like, celebratory of that. And I'm, like, wait, that's fucked up. <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, I mean, I, if it's, like, a passion project and stuff, then I, it's, like, there's no shame in working a day job and continuing to do that or working a, a few jobs or doing, like, Lyft or whatever to try to finance this thing that you really believe in.
1: I would also say, like, don't do it yourself. Like, I don't know, one of the things we did in the beginning, like we mentioned, is, like, we had someone who knew something about business say, hey. And even though it wasn't very helpful, it was, like, it was still more than, than we knew. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, um, even sure. now with, like, my other business that I run, um, we s- definitely gave, like, this person like, a huge cut to be, like, a business consultant because we were, like, we have no idea what we're doing. And I cannot, like, tell you how invaluable that was. And I definitely, like, I haven't, like, made any, like, really any money from this business, but it was worth it to, like, get the consultant, like, grow it. And I know that I'm growing the value of it. I mean, I just can't recommend, like, getting other advice and and taking advantage of, like, definitely free resources that are out there because, like, they're there.
2: yeah. Yeah. Also, I would like to say that my mom was pregnant with me while working at McDonald's. Wait, really? Yes. <laughs> and Whoa. Here I am. Here I am. Look at that. Here I am. Yeah. I just pulled that out of thin air. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Go for it. Uh,
1: yeah. So I kind of like a twofold question. Um, I feel like I'm kind of someone who's at the very beginning stages of all of this stuff that you're talking about, and that's like very exciting and very fucking terrifying. So I'm wondering if you have like one advice, and two, just like, how do you deal with burnout? Um, that's something oh. I'm having like a lot of struggles with, and I would love to like, he, like, I've been doing this a year. You've been doing it for like eight years, and how have you like just kept it going with this like sca- like huge thing that's been growing?
3: Can I speak to the burnout? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go question? for it. Um, I don't know if this would work for everybody, but um, we definitely have gone through like roller coasters of it being it just the worst it could ever be um, and I have for me I've realized that um, if I can make sure that because we we work from home and I do have two kids so there is a um, there are constraints on my time like my time is blocked out and it comes from outside sources like I'm not necessarily in charge of like when the kids get home from school and stuff So what I try to do is, like, during that working time, um, I am not allowed to do any housework or, like, I'm not allowed to even enjoy anything. Like, it has to be work. And then as soon as the kids get home, I have got to stop working. Like, I can't keep pushing, even though, like, I do need to send that email, and I and they are having a conversation that does need my input. Like, at some point, I have got to stop and turn around and look at the child, you know, and be like, yeah. are you, hi, <laughs> it's nice to see you again. So, just, like, dividing your time and being really specific about what what you will do with that time, and absolutely um, putting into that schedule time for yourself, like, to, the, to do the things that you that are relaxing. Like make yourself not do work. Sometimes.
0: My therapist said a really cool thing. Where she was like. Because I was upset that I wasn't working on stuff. Uh, and as much. And I go through like production time. And also consumption time. Where I like I'm working on stuff. But also I need to like watch other people's stuff. Uh, and uh, she was like. Well you have to take into account. That procrastination is part of your process. Mm-hmm. And I was like. What? She was like, Yeah, the time that you you move your furniture around or do your sheets or whatever you need to do, that then you're not writing, that's part of your process because it's helping you think and you're making your living space better and just all all these kind of things, but then also treating like Linnea was saying, like treating it like a job where you wake up at nine, you make your coffee, you do your job work and then you are done at five.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I burn out a lot and then I just have to go through it a lot. I mean, I think that probably for me, um, the work I, it's very, it has impacted my health a great deal. Like the amount that I work, um, but I have 16 (laughs) hours, but I have realized that like, um, I work a lot better, like that sometimes I think I've said this before, but like spending four hours working on something is not necessarily better than spending, two hours on it and spending two hours doing something else for yourself, you know what I mean? You're still going to end up with the same product. There was a point at which I literally felt like I was running out of jokes. For, like, my Glee recaps, I was like, I'm completely out of jokes. I'm not funny anymore. And it was because I hadn't left my apartment in, like, five months because all I was doing was sitting there working. Like, I wasn't talking to people. I wasn't, like, getting new joke ideas. I wasn't around funny people. It's like, you can't do... So, like, it's, like, yeah, procrastination is part of it, but, like, also being out in the world and also, you know, doing things that you enjoy is also, that's a really, really elemental part of doing your work well as well. Yeah. Um, I've, I've never found that, like, just, like, do
1: like thinking I'm going to get it all done, I'm going to get it all done before I go to bed has, like, really ever led to anything specific. Like, just, you know, it's just me mismanaging my time and my work life balance I think and then, uh, there's also like the burnout and I'm not sure which one you're referring to the burnout of like the everyday um you're just trying to get as much work in as possible or there's the burnout where you've been doing something for so long that you're burnt out on that one thing so oh um, we've
0: run out of ideas for the sketches like yeah. we only have one location
1: and we've started being like
0: I don't know the balcony like what can we do like yeah. we've yeah. just completely run out of ideas so then you, we just like our our go through a phase where where probably the sketches aren't that good, but we got to keep making them to get to the next phase where they are good.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Do
0: people have other questions?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, Speaking of burnout, so uh, I recently decided to go part-time at work because I need to sleep every now and again. Um, And it's temporary until they can move me to a location near to where I live. But uh, when you decide to take you know, when you, well, when you need to take drastic action to take care of yourself, how do you deal with sort of feeling like there are stuff you should be doing, you know, like expectations for yourself that might be unrealistic? Uh, like, I feel like I'm saving up to buy a place and I don't really need to buy a place, but I feel like I should be at the place where I'm buying a place, you know, and like, uh, yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. How do, you, how do you deal with that? There's a lot of societal expectations on where you should be at a certain age. But that's constantly shifting. Like, it used to be, like, you should be married by 19 or you're a spinster. Uh, <laughs> and you're useless. But, like, but like na- you know, there's a lot of stuff. I used to think, like, I have to get all of this in my 20s. I have to get my own place in my 20s. I have to have a full-time job in my 20s. And then I started adjusting to be, like, 30s are going to be pretty
2: sick.
0: <laughs> um, can't wait for my 30s. And, uh, and so there's not you just can't be so hard on yourself. Like you're doing what you need to do for yourself. And there's not any place that anyone particularly needs to be. Yeah. Um, and different people have different, like um, Alex said, different levels of privilege and different levels of, like, I looked around L.A. when I first got there, and I was like, oh, these people, they don't ever work, and they have apartments, and this is crazy. And then I was like, oh, I see. They, they're I, like, Google, and I'm like, oh, their dad runs Paramount. You know, like, it's just kind of, you can't compare yourself to where other people are
2: at, because you'll drive yourself, like, out of, you'll drive yourself crazy. Like, I had a mental breakdown in early 2014, I want to say which was when we had first started paying people and everything was very stressful. And I, even, and I like decided to take a weekend off and like go on vacation like, vacation, like two hours away by myself or whatever. And like the, I was able to go back to work so much better that I had done that. So it's like, I could, have, I could have been like, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. But I shouldn't have been. I should have been doing me. Because that was what was going to enable me to actually be able to do the work, like when I came back, mm-hmm. and I think that's always like really important to remember. And I don't have none of our employees have any limit on vacation time or uh, days they're allowed to take off or anything like that. Yeah, so there's such a romanticization of the person who's
0: working all the time. Right? Like there's such a thing of like. Oh my god! This person never sleeps. Yeah, and they work all the time, and they're like, there's like this there's something romantic about it, mm-hmm. but also the like I don't know that that's true. I think that's just a thing people say. I think that's just like a, like when people are like, I was working so much I didn't eat lunch, and I'm like, yeah, but like mm-hmm. di- you did, <laughs> you kind of did, or like I just think that they're they're trying to show off or something, or there's some kind of thing where like social media makes us be like. I worked, I didn't even sleep last night. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think that's true, <laughs>
2: but okay. I mean, this er, early in the, or like the summer of 2009, right when we had been starting, Alex and I went upstate for a weekend to her family's cabin and our business, and Alex took a picture of us in a hammock and our business director called me immediately and was like, what are you guys doing? You're supposed to be working on the business plan and you're lying in a hammock. <gasps> and I was like, oh my God. We laid in a hammock for two seconds to get this This photo. This is the first time we've not done it. Yeah, It was just for Insta. No, I was like, this is (laughs) the first time that we've had... I don't know, that we've lied down in a while? Yeah.
0: And then the work isn't good.
1: Yeah.
2: But
0: just don't compare yourself. You don't don't know everyone's
1: full story. And Gabby's finishing up. No, I agree. Like, don't compare yourself. I think, like, maybe it might help. Because I think maybe that's just goal setting. Like, oh, it's a goal to, like, own your own place. Or it's a goal to, like, have your own car. Like, whatever that is. But that's, like... The standard societal goal, like maybe find your own goal that you can pick up. Um, you know, like I think I recently, just for fun, like started rock climbing, but then I got obsessed and made it like a thing, like that I want to like go climb that other that thing one day or whatever. Um, and that's also really cool because then you can like actually see your improvement, and like maybe work towards like that, like find something else that means something to you.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. Thanks.
1: Uh,
0: I mean, we're gonna have like. Eight minutes left probably. So um does anyone have other questions? Great. You laughed at me earlier. I did. Go. I found
2: you to be quite funny. Oh thanks. Um, <laughs> okay, so I am a small
3: business owner. I've been a year in business. And I'm at the point where it's like I'm killing it. <laughs> I, like, oh, this is not called crushing <laughs> it the podcast. <laughs> not,
0: I just yeah. Go. No, yeah. No. <laughs>
2: like take it from being
3: just like you
2: know like Reese with you it was like you're like I'm going to make this thing a website I know that it's time mm-hmm. when, when does that evolution happen and what advice do you guys have I mean I think
1: um, it was not a what I'm no. just I'm just being an idiot Go ahead. I'm just um <laughs> Oh no, I forget what I was gonna say. Oh, um, like I, 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 think the benchmark for me is if you are uh, have too much work that you can't do it yourself, that's when you have to hire somebody else to do, delegate the work to.
0: And don't feel bad about that too. Like I had a whole thing where I was like, "Oh, who do I think I am to have, like to have an employee? Oh, look <laughs> at me, Miss yeah. uh, like hoity toity, whatever." Uh, but you don't have to do everything yourself. You can delegate.
1: And I will say, though, that um, there is a bit of uh, we hired some independent contractors and it, it was originally just like me and my fiance working and we we're like, we have all this money. Like, this is crazy. So let's hire somebody. This is getting nuts. And then that's where all the money went. It was just all the, you know, like now all your expenses go to that person or those people. So there's that aspect to it as well. But like that. But then you bounce back from that. Like that's like what happens when you first hire them. And then you work that up again, and then you'll get back to a place where it comes back. But it just takes a while to get there, and it's really hard.
0: Also, people have different goals. Like, don't let people be in your ear being like, oh, it's not successful unless it's growing. Yeah. Like, you have different... If your small business is doing well, then why, you know, you don't have to grow it. Like, that's, like, a weird... um, I feel like that's... Like, are mostly
2: dudes telling you that?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So fuck it. <laughs> yeah, when you have too much stuff to... I mean, Linnea started working when I... Or started like being more officially part-time when I like, was like, by the way, my, everything is overflowing. Everything is falling apart. I'm behind on everything. And Linnea was like, hey, okay, hire me.
3: Yeah. And I was
2: like, okay, let's do this. And that's kind of how it happened is more work came up that I could delegate out to other people. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff I'm doing myself, like all the accounting um, but we do have an accountant who handles like some things this year, which was a big step for me to let go of that little bit because I'm sort of controlling. I just showed up to
0: my accountant's like office with a, a, like an uh, accordion folder of receipts and was like, "This for you now, like, <laughs> 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 bye." <laughs> yeah, uh, so I was like, "Hope hope you're ethical. See you later." <laughs> I'm getting Bernie made off as we speak. Um, okay, other questions.
3: Yes.
2: Yes. Yep. Yes. It's, you would like more personal finance things. It okay. is tough. Yeah. I just
0: read a book. Uh, I had a woman on my podcast called Helene Olin, and she wrote a book called Pound Foolish, which is amazing. Uh, uh, and it was about the personal finance industry and how it kind of eats eats its own tail. Like, it sells you a lot of stuff that you might not need. Or, like, it it's it's hard to balance. I found with this podcast, it's hard to balance personal finance advice. Like, like tips and tricks or like how to do this when I also am becoming increasingly aware that the whole system is broken and that you're basically like like chasing something that is kind of kept elusive from you. The book is great. I mean, I, I'm not going to explain it correctly, but um, it's like the system of personal finances is, is intentionally confusing purposefully trying to fuck you over. Like, they lo- they just, like, want... They are, like, the more um, confused you are, the more the bank, like, benefits because they just make interest on you and all that stuff. So, um, I think there's, like, a. I don't know about your personal finance content, but I think it's good to have personal finance content that is aware of the system and doesn't blame you. Like doesn't say like what you're talking about. Like doesn't say like you're poor because you buy coffee at Starbucks.
2: And get manicures.
0: And it's like, no, that's not why. It's like a whole systemic thing, but I but there's a lot of shame built into money, which is why I have this show. Because I think people blame themselves or feel like if they don't have money they're a bad person, they're a failure. And that's just not true because there's so many things happening that are outside of your control and that you just have to realize that but you also can do but i also think you can do like of course like try to have a savings try to have or like there are little (laughs) things you can do i pay off your credit cards yeah but it also feel it's i'm just sort of i don't have an answer to this but i'm just sort of figuring out that personal finance is part of the game but it's not the whole game
2: yeah we definitely want to have more like i i mean i'm I actually, I think I'm very good at managing Autostraddle's money and making sure that our revenue continues to grow, and I'm actually really proud of what I've done that wise, that in that department. But I'm not good at my own personal money at all. Um, So, and I imagine neither are a lot of people, you know, especially a lot of queer people who don't necessarily have the same like help from their parents when it comes to like figuring all that stuff out or access
0: to like health care in a way or like a lot of medical debt.
3: Yeah,
2: Um,
0: and like
3: you were saying about it's two women. Right. You know that, gap. that kind of a mm-hmm. pay gap. Mm-hmm.
0: Um any any other questions? Go for it.
2: Um, We have thought about it, definitely. Um, But right now, we are incredibly understaffed um, because we can't afford right now to hire additional full-time staff. Um, And so we are barely able to hold together what we're currently doing revenue-wise. So that is one of many really cool and interesting and fun ideas that I think would be successful, but we don't have the time to make it happen. It's nice that you're not do it being
0: exploitative. Like I wrote an ebook for a site that I was working for, uh, and they didn't pay me extra to do that; I was just salaried to do that. And then they continue to sell that book now, uh, and people buy it because I've grown more famous. And, um, and <laughs> they you, and they like, st- and I don't see any of that profit, and I never will. So, like, it's on Amazon or whatever under my name. People go, ooh, a book by Gabby Dunn. I love this. And then they're like, I bought your book. And I'm like, thanks. Doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. And that website will just keep making money off that forever, and I don't really get a cut.
2: And we did do it at zine series, yeah. which didn't sell as well as we wanted it to. Yeah. And so that's sort of what's discouraging in that, in that particular field of uh, product. Other questions? Yeah. Um, I, first of all, I
0: yeah don't feel bad about that at all lot of crying Um, yeah i i did an internship for free in new york and i just spent that whole time crying i mean practical (laughs) stuff was like it was a
2: crying internship. a lot of crying
0: um (laughs) practical stuff was like i i did like a lot of like buffalo exchange or crossroads like selling clothes or like i sold an my ipad on craigslist uh and like tried to think about other things that I could get rid of weirdly, which is also like a, an answer that's like a systemic answer. But I tried. I was like, okay, let me go through my closet. Let me see what I don't want. Let me. There's a lot of apps for stuff like that now, uh, which is sad um, that we need it. Uh, so I mean, I tried to just think of like other practical stuff that wouldn't. Um, like not anything that I would miss like stuff that I wouldn't wouldn't make my life worse like if you get a coffee every day at the same place and that's like helps you start your day don't get rid of that but like if your uncle gave you a, a generation one iPad and you're like what do I do with this uh, get rid of it um, and yeah and uh, but don't like beat yourself up for doing what you need to do essentially like if you need to drive lift or if you need to do like some app where you sell clothes or whatever, it doesn't help you to add like feeling bad about it. If that's helpful at all. I hate, I like want to give practical advice, but I also am like, I don't know, throw a brick through a Bank of America window, probably. <laughs> Anarchy. I got nothing um, do. do we want to take like one or two more questions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I don't feel guilty because I think that I deserve it.
0: <laughs> the podcast is finished. We've achieved everything we need to achieve. Thank you so much. Uh, I still feel like shit all the time. Like, I pushed, and it's also, like, it sucks to have this added emotional labor of, like, pushing for people to do the right thing. So, like when we get this note that says, hey, can we charge like a hundred bucks for a meet and greet with you? That's how we break even. I was I push for, can we do 15 lottery spots so people can get in? Or mm-hmm. I, I sold a book and um, we had May and Kip consult on it, actually, because there was a trans character in the book. And uh, the publishing house was like, why would we have trans consultants? And then I had to pay them out of my advance because they wouldn't pay for it. And it's just like stuff where yeah. Oh. Is that them (laughs) calling to be like, don't talk shit about us?
2: (laughs) We we, heard you. (laughs) I think we all work so hard. um, And also, I think a lot of what has helped me to not ever feel guilty about it is that I am very familiar with just the history of how many space like with organizations like ours or maybe like yours where we're doing something for an underserved community like how quickly those things end and burn out and don't last because the people do feel too guilty to take anything for themselves and so it's like is that like your time is valuable you have and, and if you're doing good work for people you deserve to be paid for it and if you're not being paid for it it's very likely that that work you're gonna not be able to keep doing it yeah they
0: asked me can you just ask them to do to, to consult on the book as friends And i was like
2: no oh that's their job yeah that what and it helps i mean then if there's a few there's probably i don't know 50 people or so who are responsible for the bulk of what of the money that comes in through a plus or that comes in through random donations thank you
0: so much that's me i'm a <laughs> plus member it's,
2: it's gabby um <laughs> it's very much not so sometimes, just if there's a lot, a lot of times you can find a few people who can kind of shoulder it for the rest of them.
1: Also, what you're charging is probably justified. Like you probably have looked at like how much does it cost to do this, and like Reese said, if you know the flip side is the, I don't do this, I think those people would rather have you do it and then pay for it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. And they'll yell at you, but in the end, they want you to keep doing it. That's true. Um, we'll take uh, one more question, if anyone has it. Go for it. Oh, can you be, stand up or be louder? can't. There? Sorry. Hi. Uh, Hi. I'm currently
1: working two jobs, and i trying to save for school, and I also pay for a lot of my family expenses. So my question is, do you have any saving tips for someone who makes a good amount of money, but it's eaten up by a lot of
0: other expenses? A lot of people on my show have talked about saving by saying, um, put like a dollar or $2 away from every paycheck, and you'll start to not miss it. Like, cause you'll just think if your paycheck is like 50 bucks and you are starting to get 48, you're like, then you start to re brainwash yourself to think like, yeah, I make 48 dollars and you don't think, cause they can do like automatic savings. That's come up a lot on the show. Um, and I, and that's probably, I try to like keep a level, like I try, I have a savings account. I try to keep it at a certain level, but it, I, there's stuff, life, life comes up and you just like, it goes up and down all the time. So, uh, and then I get mad at myself <laughs> for mm-hmm. being like, I went past my limit, but it's, uh, it's tough. Like, I think also small amounts do add up. Like if you do a dollar every week, that's still $52 that you didn't have.
2: I don't have a savings. I don't have a savings account. So cause one thing I do feel guilty about is that I want the everyone who's working for me to be paid more than they're being paid. And so the idea of, like, taking money to put in a savings account that I could just give to someone else, I can't do it, which I know is financially unwise. But I don't have a savings account.
0: I think that's common. I think a lot of people don't. I didn't for a long time. And then I had a guy a guy I was dating be like, oh, but you have a savings account, right? And I was like,
3: ha, yep. That was a lie. I straight up lied. <laughs> um, I, I bank with Wells Fargo. And they have a system where you can... Um, like add an extra $2 to every single purchase that you make. And then it takes that $2 and puts it into a savings account. So in, you know, instead of paying $6, you're paying $7 for something. And it, it does, it feels so small that you just don't notice it. And then that, I usually have an amount, but like you were like, I, I almost never keep it there. Like it always has to come out for something, but it is nice when it's there and I can be like, oh, hello, like a little <laughs> gift for me. This is terrible. We're all fucked. We don't have. We're all fucked. And, you say, yeah.
0: and we've ended at the same place. Thank we you. always end. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much uh, to Reese and Linnea and Alex for joining me, and thank you to you guys for singing the theme song. In the beginning, my heart grew three sizes this day. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's it for Bad with Money. Thank you so much. Woo! Money. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and be sure to tell all your friends who are bad with money that this is the show for them. We're part of the Panoply Network. Our producers are Sam Dingman and Afim Shapiro. Andy Bowers is Panoply's chief content officer. Original music for our show was composed by Zach Sherwin, Mike Kaplan, and Jack Dolgen. Our theme song is performed by Sam Barbera, which is incredible. Sing it out loud every time. Our show art is by Cameron Glavin and Dan Blondell. I'm Gabby Dunn. Thanks for enjoying this bonus episode. Stay in touch with me on Twitter, at Gabby Dunn. There will be more Bad With Money for Season 3 soon.